Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me Matt Moore with Dealer Peak. His company, you can learn more about Dealer Peak at dealerpeak.com. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah. I thought I'd start by asking... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Finish yeah, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Awesome. Well, I thought I'd start by asking because it is a new year. Do you feel any different from 2020? Um, I think 2020 was a positive year. I know people don't like to hear that, but uh, mm -hmm. it it kind of shook the snow globe up, if anything else, and um, mm -hmm. allowed everything to reset itself. And um, I think there's a lot of positive came out of last year. Obviously, there was some pain, but uh, I think a lot of positive came from it. Yeah. You know, you're not the first person to be on the show and just say, you know, actually, it was my best year. Actually, I doubled, tripled in business. And uh, I think that's why I love doing the show because it reminds me that there are movers and shakers uh, in today's times that are really focused on the positive side or really focused on being the change they want to see. Um, or, you know, they had been able to, uh, you know, build their business early on so that they can sort of ride that wave when, like you said, um, the snowball uh, globe shook <laughs> in, in 2020. Yes, it's um, adapt or die kind of situation. You have to just deal with whatever cards are given to you, mm -hmm. and uh, just to, and just get through it. Yeah. I love how you say that, adapt or die. Um, it's kind of like when they say, if you're not growing, you're dying. Um, and so it's really just important, you know, to focus on uh, growth in that sense. Uh, so Matt... Uh, so Matt, for people that are hearing about Dealer Peak for the first time, um, which I think would probably be surprising considering how the company has been around since 1999, but for the first time, let us know what, what should people know about Dealer Peak and uh, who could benefit from learning more about your company? Well, Dealer Peak is basically one of the original, um, I'd say CRMs in the automotive space. Um, Dealer Peak's been around since 1999, uh, 2000. 2001, um, you remember the dot-com bubble mm -hmm. came and left, and um, it was just a very basic, basic uh, uh, website platform. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a local uh, dealer group here in Portland, Oregon, mm -hmm. that uh, wanted to build their own website platform, so we built it for them. Then, of course, then they had to figure out a way to manage those leads. Then they had to figure out how to make automation and accountability and reporting and on and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. And so the first 10 years of Dealer Peak was nothing more than uh, adapting to changes as websites became more important. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, as a nutshell, our company pretty much does everything you can uh, to enhance the customer experience within the automotive industry at this point in time. Um, but it would take took that many years to make it right and a yeah. lot of failure along the way. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine in the early stages when people didn't even know what a website was, you know, uh, to even just sell this idea. So can you maybe talk about that time when the vision of Dealer Peak was kind of realized and how were you able to sell that? And, and I know, like you said, it took like 10 years even just to adapt, but let's talk about those early stages. Right. Well, um, early on, there was a, uh, I'll just kind of keep names out of it, but there's a 
big dealer group uh, in Portland, Oregon that um, had 17 rooftops and I mean 17 different locations in which they managed. Mm-hmm. Um, and when uh, website companies came into the industry, the OEM industry, uh, they were charging excessive dollar amounts. They were charging anywhere from $1,500 to $5,000 a month for a mm. website. And um, if you multiply that by 17 rooftops, it's just too much. And so yeah. it was just pure common sense. So um, what the original founder was, it's the owner of that company. He went out and found a development company that could create a web platform for himself because just out of those 17 rooftops, it saved him money to own his own platform. Mm-hmm. Um, as he started to build out that platform, he realized he was going to have to communicate. That's when Dealer Pete got involved, a gentleman by the name of Jock Showalter, my, one of my partners, another gentleman, Dave Duvall, another one of my partners, um, started to build out the ILM, Internet Lead Management product. Mm-hmm. And that was the beginning of a CRM, if you want to talk about it, because again, it started out as just lead delivery into an email box. Um, down to, uh, again, reporting, automation, and on and on and on over the years. Mm-hmm. Wow, amazing. You know, I never really, I think I take for granted how um, car dealerships are actually really good at follow-up and, uh, you know, just kind of staying on top of, uh, you know, the customers. And so, you know, in my own ignorance, I never even considered or thought about uh, car dealerships um, having a CRM. And so it's really uh, just kind of, you know, pulling the curtains up uh, and seeing what's behind to know that, you know, you're one of the original people to uh, create some kind of, to create a CRM for these car dealerships. Right. Well, obviously communication is key. And then as time, time, uh, I would say that the, the key mark of what we do is um, we've grown organically. We've never really taken investment capital and, um, mm-hmm. and which is really a long road, but um uh, really, our big segue was in 2008, 2009, and officially mm-hmm. 2010, um, when the industry crashed. And, mm-hmm. and if you remember that, that's when the gas crunch hit and the mortgage uh, issue, and we call it the Great Recession today. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when we became relevant, because those first 10 years of a website, uh, most dealers didn't even pay attention to their website leads because they had so mm-hmm. much traffic still coming in the front door. Mm-hmm. And so after that crash, they realized the value of the lead. And so um, uh, really the big growth of Dealer Peak happened between uh, 2010 and current, um, in which we evolved as a company. And really the point of it all is one point of entry, one point of communication, one point of marketing, and one point of management. So the whole customer experience is now managed out of one area so that mm-hmm. we can efficiently manage the customer in all profit centers of the car dealership so that they have a good experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think that's really incredible. And you were able to uh, kind of build this business or build the CRM early on in 1999. And even though it was really difficult for that first 10 years to adapt and fell forward, let's just say, um, you were able to sort of ride that wave in the crash um, in 2008, 2010, and uh, help our, you know, help these car dealerships see the value in um, generating leads online. And so tell right. us what um, riding that wave has been like for the last decade since. The last decade's been a wild ride because, um, <laughs> first of all, it, it, technology is a thing that I'd like to say uh, it's kind of like there's two ways to look at it. You can always get mesmerized by the shiny coin, um, mm-hmm. or you can go ahead. It's kind of like that old 200,000 mile Corolla that just gets you to work on time no matter what, mm-hmm. or uh, the the Ferrari that you don't know is going to start every day um, mm-hmm. if you were to use it as a, a daily driver. And um, 
where we're at is we had some uh, older technology. And so as we move forward during that decade, as we talk about it, uh, the word mobile came into play. Mm. If you remember, that's when mobile phones became a major piece of the environment. And today, um, I, desktops are almost in the past at this point in time. And so there had to be an evolution, not only just with websites, with customer communication, but now how do they communicate and, and mm -hmm. how do you manage that from a phone rather than from a desktop? And so our biggest evolution in the last 10 years has been kind of transitioning from uh, one platform to another at the same time that uh, computer programming was also going through a transition through uh, what we call closed source and open source type of, uh, of coding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I remember those early days when um, I st I've had my first like flip phone and it was actually like really expensive to open up a browser on there. So I remember when I got my first iPhone, I would always try to find like Wi-Fi. And then, you know, in any website I heard, I was like, oh, is it available on mobile? Is it available? And I still remember a lot of websites like were not mobile friendly. And now I just feel like it's such the norm, you know, to be able to, uh, whether it's download an app, like an app version of the desktop version, um, or, you know, it's just more mobile friendly when you visit the website. Like, but I still remember those days when there's a lot of websites where I felt like they were least credible or like they're not as credible because they weren't mobile friendly because I thought you need to adapt to the times because I'm a millennial and that's and we're the number one consumer base right now or the number one consumers and so we need to we need that right um, and so I think it's a I think it's actually really amazing how um, you know not only were you able to see sort of the transformation in car dealership throughout the last um, you know two decades now but all two or three decades now I think is what I'm hearing Two decades now? Yeah, two decades. We'll say two decades. Two decades. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, but also you were able to adapt to how people um, started to incorporate the internet uh, in their lives. Uh, and so I'm curious, what was maybe the common theme or common strategy that... Um, you know, kept you going, you know, kept you going from adapting. Cause I think it's very easy. Like, you know, we think for example, how Blockbuster ended up having shut down because they didn't adapt to the times. Um, so what was kind of that reoccurring theme or strategy you kind of kept in mind to, you know, keep adapting? Well, we have a theme called inspiration or desperation. People are motivated by one or the other. And so Mm. Um, in going through, we're also general manager of car dealerships. Um, we have a Ford store and a Kia store. And at one point in time, we were running over seven stores as we were going through this transition. Mm. And um, I'd like to say that uh, the pain of 2007 to 2009 in that transition um, kind of forces you to try to stay ahead of the game because mm. uh, I'll be truthful with you, uh, prior to that happening in our stores, uh, the internet really meant nothing to us. It was just another lead source and it really wasn't profitable. And it was in our opinion, high maintenance, unfortunately, that's how we looked at it. But mm -hmm. uh, it took us going through the pain of, of that transition in order for us to recognize how valuable that communication source was and how valuable that lead source was. And so um, in that transition, you recognize that. So now it's to try to stay ahead of the game. Now there's all kinds mm -hmm. of disruptors still out there in the automotive industry. And, for some reason, the automotive industry can't shake off its old uh, persona of, you know, lie, cheat, and steal to sell a car. And at this point in time, I'd say about 70, 80% of the dealers out there, it's pure transparency and open communication, uh, one price doctrine. They're not doing all of that crud that they used to do, but yet it still sticks with them. So, um, and, and so they're competing against, and, and rightfully, they're competing against um, new companies that are coming out there like Carvana's and uh, Automax's and 
um, these these uh, rooms, these new ways of buying cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, I think one thing that the uh, car dealership industry still still needs to shake off is just when people say, "Oh, you're like a used car salesperson." You know, like that's the number one thing I hear when people think about sales. They think about the used car salesperson. You know, and um, but you know, as you mentioned, fortunately, uh, a lot has changed and a lot has adapted, and um, people need a car one way or the other. <laughs> So they're going to have to see for themselves that um, I I believe that the industry has changed and it's really, really amazing to, you know, be talking to you who is a part of that, part of that, you know, shift and adapting to the times. Right. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. There's one thing to keep in mind. um, uh, As industry changes, the owners of these dealerships do as well. And if we go back in time and you really take a look at what uh, these first and second generation dealers did, is they were deeply involved with the communities. And mm. if you take a look at some of these small communities, they were on the little league fields, they were in the high schools, they were supporting local philanthropy. Um, they were deeply involved. And then of course, you know, as some of the sales gimmicks and groups and different things happen, they got a bad name. Mm-hmm. And now their, their kids and their grandkids are the ones that are running these stores and they're just like you. Um, they were tired of being called used car salespeople. Mm-hmm. So they said they wanted to do it differently. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the new generation of owners that are out there right now uh, still have that uh, um, community mindset. Mm-hmm. And they want to just do the right thing for the customer at this point in time. And so uh, we're just trying to give them the tools to be able to communicate to the customer the way they want to be communicated to. Yeah, definitely. Well, I love that, Matt. Um, before I shift gears here, is there anything else you want people to know about Dealer Peak? Yeah, we're just a good company. We love our dealers. So, yeah, and uh, you stood the test of time, so that says a lot. <laughs> um, so, Matt, I'm curious to know. Our show is really dedicated to the small business owner, entrepreneur, and you know, continuing to provide them tools and inspiration and stories. You know, to keep doing what they do. Is there any parting advice or wisdom that you want to share with our listeners today? Um, I would say Ogmandino says it perfectly: "I'll persist until I succeed." Mm-hmm. Uh, you probably hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter where you're at. I mean, when we're a real small fish in a massive industry mm-hmm. and uh, our our company is, uh, you know, going up against billion dollar companies, not just one, but multiple billion dollar companies. And we're not. We're just still a, a real small company. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it gets frustrating when you go up against the Goliaths, man. Mm-hmm. But uh it is so satisfying when you have a dealer that goes with one of those um, big companies and you know, a few months later calls you back and says, hey, we want to come back with you. And um, it is very satisfying to finally get um, released a code base or a product that is so far ahead of what they can do um, just because of the pure heart that's been put into it. And so um you just got to keep persisting and there are times in which it's very difficult and that goes back into last year last year was very difficult for the automotive industry Mm -hmm. um, because of that huge pause of of production and used car disruption and so um they didn't have cash flow to be able to pay their bills and so again um we need to get paid they need to get paid it's just a big uh it's a big waterfall how that works is a ripple effect and so um, just persist, 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 and you will succeed. 
Yeah. That kind of reminds me of the saying, I don't know who said this, but it sticks in my head that you shouldn't put a deadline on your success. You know, like you shouldn't, like you should just, like you said, persist and, you know, persist long enough to see your success realized. But even then, once you make it to the top, uh, to not rest, right? Because, you know, society, culture, uh, everything is, is ever evolving, as you have mentioned in your own journey in the last 20 years of, you know, working with Dealer Peak. Um, and so to keep that as, in mind, but I think that's also the spirit of being an entrepreneur, being a business owner is that at the end of the day, um, it's not about settling, it's about serving, right? And so it's just great to hear how, how much you have adapted in, you know, in these last two decades and how you continue to serve your clientele and your community. Perfect. Wow, yeah, that's, you, you nailed it. Put it right <laughs> in that shell there. <laughs> cool. So we'll go ahead and end on that note. Uh, Matt, thanks again for joining us. It's been such a pleasure having you here uh, at The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah. And again, to our listeners, this is Matt Moore with Dealer Peak. You can learn more about him and his company at dealerpeak.com. Thank you, thank you all so much for joining us and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.